This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I just drink wine. Well, hello, listeners. Welcome to the wine situation. I don't even know what that was. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, welcome to the wine situation, my lovely listeners. This is the show uh, where the situation is. We're trying not to hang out with too many other people. So we're drinking alone. And I'm here to make you feel less alone. Because you aren't alone. At least in spirit. <laughs> you may be in your home alone. You may be sitting in the yard alone. You may be taking a solo hike. I don't know what you're doing when you listen to this. But, uh, you know, if you want to open up something delicious to drink, I wish you would and join me. Unless, like, you're listening to this while driving. Don't drink and drive, kids. It's not cool. Uh, who am I that you're going to be imbibing with? I am Ellen Clifford, the palate. And, uh, you know, creds, let's see, certified sommelier by the Codemaster Sommeliers. I'm taking the diploma. I'm one beautiful test away that I've just started studying for because they finally told us it's going to be in October, probably for sure. <laughs> probably for sure is the theme of the year, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, any, anyway, uh, the Wine and Spirits Educational Trust Diploma Program, that's what that's all about. One test left. Uh, geez, I shouldn't talk about it too much. Um, yeah, I write for Delectable, I got something else in the works, and uh, I host the show. So that's me. If I tell you something about wine, try and trust me. You can question me. Always question authority. And clearly I am, you know, the authority. Not an expert, just an authority. That's all. Eh. Um, <laughs> there I go already with one of my favorite things to tell you that I do in the show, which is a tangent. The show is full of segments and it's full of tangents. It's full of tangents and it's full of segments because I like them. And if I don't have segments, I have no structure. And if I don't have tangents, it gets dry and boring. Um, before I get into our agenda, I just want to like check in and see how y'all are doing. Uh, I myself this evening, it's, oh, it's 11.03 now on Thursday evening. I almost wanted to put off recording. I finished remaking my whole outline for this podcast while listening to Nine Chanel's, and I was enjoying the Nine Chanel's so much. And I was like, Alexa, stop. And then um, she started playing this other, uh, this uh, yet another song I needed to dance to. So I was like, Alexa, resume. And I had a mini dance party, and then I was like, okay, enough. Get down to business, Cliffy. Oh, my God. <laughs> she was listening to me. Alexa, stop. She's so obedient. That that was more Nine Inch Nails that you heard there for a second. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that that was uh, tonight after wow, my writer's group has been taking those, those master classes I told you and we started taking the Samuel Jackson one. He's like, this is my motherfucking uh, master class and it's really good. Uh, that was my evening. In general, I've been overworked. Uh, no, probably just enough work, just like so fucking busy and feeling behind on everything, uh, and I'll probably work more after this. But that's a good thing, you know why? Because girl needs to earn a living. Um, I also have been having so many random things go wrong, like shower heads falling off, uh, dishwashers not draining, and then when I get it repaired so it drains, it just drained into my floorboards and was like flooding. Uh, and also I like 
had a mysterious bruise appear on my elbow because I realized I spend too much time leaning on my elbows in Zoom. If I'm Zooming with you, stop me if you see me on my elbows. Uh, and then a week later, suddenly out of nowhere, I had this giant bump on it and went to the doctor and they're like, that's bursitis. Like the, the, sorry, this is gross. Anyway, my arm's hideous. Uh, I feel great though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, life, uh, considering there's a pandemic and the world is ending, things aren't bad. <laughs> oh, how are you? Um, if you're listening to this, I would love it so much if you'd, you know, say hi to me. If you have my number, you can text me, say hi, tell me what you're drinking. I don't care if it's a glass of water. Uh, uh, find me on Instagram at Ellen Clifford, although also call me L. I'm I'm going by L a little these days. It's fun. I think I'm going to be, you know how I like to be the palette because it feels more fluid. Uh, L feels more, L, Ellen, I'm fluid between the two. I answer to both names because I contain multitudes. <laughs> That's right. Criminy, we are like over five minutes in and I have not given you the agenda. Let's go through it quickly. We are going to have a news segment because I want to tell you about something I'm calling this segment Sign of Wine Times, uh, which is like a little bit of wine in history. Uh, we have another rousing game for you of who, what, when, where, why, wine to play. And it is the game that is a game unlike, uh, well, so in, that's, as I always say, that's the bones upon which the vegetarian protein of this podcast hang upon, the who, what, when, where, why, wine, because I intersplice these... Uh, these clues between other segments. So, of course, uh, I told you we're going to be drinking together, and I can't wait to cheers this wine with you. Uh, we have another uh, wine made by a woman, made by a woman of color that uh, I'm really excited about. I'm always really excited, but I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, we have—I uh, don't even know what to call this—but I was having a musing about life and how I choose to live it, and then I was applying it to wine. Oh, okay, I guess it's actually just a, a just add wine, basically. I'm adding wine to this thing, um, which I'll tell you about as we approach the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that's it. I thought we had a drunk dial, but I thought I had an appointment to speak on the phone with this person on Wednesday, and maybe I had the wrong Wednesday. So hopefully that'll be coming, and she's a, you guys, she's a good one. She's a score, uh, which is probably also why it's hard to schedule with her. She's in demand, um, but you'll have to wait for that. <laughs> just you wait, just you, sorry, I'm doing a very bad Hamilton. I'll stop. Should we get on with it? We should, because I want to taste my wine, but first we need, um, well, there's a couple, we need our first clue of who, what, when, where, wine. The bones upon which the tempeh of this podcast hang on. <laughs> Your who, which I'm probably going to butcher this name, is Marchese and Cisa della Rochetta. Or is it Rochetta? It's R-O-C-C-H-E-L-T-A. Marchese and Cisa della Rochetta. Rochetta, that's all you get. What are we drinking tonight, kiddos? Oh, wait. Did I fuck it all up? Was I supposed to? Um, I was supposed to do the sign of wine times first before I give you your first clue. That's okay. We still have time to do this time uh, sign of wine times. Yes, you might have seen this in the news already. Uh, there's so apparently during the bubonic plague, the Black Death that swept through Europe, killing one third of the continent's population. Can you believe it was that much? 
you guys if we lose one third of that's a lot of people let's all do better drinking by ourselves and not have that much happen anyway uh during the bubonic plague in tuscany people started uh putting up these things called wine windows which are these just adorable little uh cubby hole windows in in the walls they're really cute you have to google this they're called uh bouquette del vino um yeah it was in tuscany and people could go and knock on the shutters and the beverage merchant would open them up and and pour them some wine or pour some wine in their cup or maybe just hand them a cup of wine i'm not sure exactly how it worked but it was a way to uh, serve people things without, you know, coming into contact. So basically, it was the plexiglass of the 1600s. Um, but apparently now, like, there's there's a historical association, I believe, trying to, like, track these down, because apparently a lot of them were destroyed in a flood a while ago, and then, like, people sometimes vandalize it, and so they want to put up these little plaques being like, this is a wine window, so in hopes of people not messing with it. Anyway, apparently now people are like using these to dispense all sorts of things from coffee to wine to ice cream to gelato, all germ-free and cocktailless. That's how the article put it, like big exclamation mark, uh, exclamation point after contactless. Um, totally like the plexiglass of the 1600s, but these windows are so cute and they're kind of goth looking. I want one. I don't, actually, because uh, I don't want people to think they can come knocking on my door and I have to serve them mine, but I probably would. <laughs> don't come knocking on my door. Okay, that, enough of that. Um, wow, I can't believe. I, so you, you got your first clue. Let's intro the wine so I can get to drinking it. Today we have a wine. As I said, it's another um, uh, uh, woman winemaker of color. This is P. Harrell, 2019, Dry Creek Valley, Hate Street, that, that's the proprietor, Hate, H-A-I-G-H-T, it's, well, I'll tell you later. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a dry Riesling. What do you know from Dry Creek Valley? Wait, I think, oh no, it just says Riesling, but we'll see if it's dry or not. <laughs> I was like, Dry Creek Valley? Surely it's dry Riesling. Uh, let me review a little bit about this super cool winery. <clears throat> from their website. We are a black-owned, woman-owned, private wine label based in the California Bay Area. We're here to create incredible wines, enrich, enrich, enrich our community, and inspire others to go after their dreams. We believe that anyone can pursue their passion and share their creation with the world, no matter the obstacles. We invite you to explore, be adventurous, try new things, and join us in this amazing world of wine. P. Harrell Wines was founded in 2015 by winemaker and San Francisco native Paula J. Harrell, who decided, I hope it's Harrell, not Harrell, uh, I'm going with Harrell, who decided it was finally time to follow her true passion. Uh, let's see, Paula had a long-standing career in the real estate and mortgage finance, as well as many years of civic endeavors with film and special events. Well, that's awesome. After years of engaging with wine culture as a hobby, she started her own private lab label in November 2015. The daughter of an immigrant mother from Panama and an American father from Itabel, Oklahoma, uh, Paula's creation of K P. Harrell Wines is a tribute to her family's entrepreneurial legacy and dedication to community, friendship, and cultural heritage. 
her parents raised uh, her and her four siblings, built a series of thriving residential care centers in San Francisco, and over the years brought additional family members from Panama to a new life in Northern California. In homage, Paula has named her first two wines after residences and properties of her families in San Francisco that hold special meaning for her. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, this uh, wine, at least the 2018 vintage, won a gold medal in the San Francisco Chronicle Wine Competition, so that's cool. Uh, let's learn a little bit more about the name. Haight Street refers to our property located at 940 Haight Street, San Francisco. Wow, way to make it stalker friendly. Just kidding. They probably don't live there anymore. But now I want to go visit. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh my. My father and grandmother built this property from the ground up in 1969, and it was the cornerstone of their business. I named this dry Riesling in their honor. Oh, it is dry. As it is bold and driven in its complexity and flavor as they were in their business. I like that. Hate Street. Kind of sounds gothy. Um, let's see if the back of the label has something more. Of it. There's a lot of writing on it. Creation of P. Harold Wines, emerged from long-standing passion. I love all things wine because it is one, sorry, I'm reading the back of the bottle here. I love all things wine because it is one of those simple pleasures that seamlessly intertwine people from all walks of life, creating genuine friendships. That is motherfucking true. I'm sorry, I don't mean to, I shouldn't curse while reading the stuff she wrote. That's not in there. I'm so influenced by the masterclass I was taking earlier. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Okay, so, oh, and I don't want to read the tasting notes because... So what we're going to do is I'm going to cheers you. You're going to cheers me back. We're going to taste whatever we're tasting. Uh, and then before I go, then I'll give you another clue. And then we'll play the game that's uh, not a game. Oh, that smells so good. Cheers, guys. Oh, okay. I see you, dry wrestling. That is so much fun. Um, I always have a hard time with dry wrestling and blind tasting, so I need to drink it more. This is yummy. Hmm. I'm taking a second sip before I go on. Oh, feel that Riesling acidity. It's so good. Okay. Um, let's go back to the game. Your who is Marchese Inciza. Inciza? Inciza? Della Rochetta. Rochetta? Rochetta? Rocafort? I don't know. Um, your what are small new French oak barrels? Okay, now let's taste this wine. Um... Okay, so now we do what's in the glass where I play the game. It's not a game. We look at all we I walk you through a tasting like like a psalm does it. Uh wow, we're already tasting and only fourteen minutes in. Guys, I feel like we're really just burning rubber here, but not in a not in a uh harmful way, nor a drunk driving way. Um so this is a I'd say medium lemon yellow with hints of gold. Uh the legs look to be uh Pretty quick and uh, quick medium tears. Uh, the nose, it's a medium plus. It's all sorts of honeysuckle and flowers and um, and white peaches and donut peaches and all the peaches. <laughs> Maybe a bit of, for some reason I just had the urge to say washed lemon rind. I think, I don't know why. Maybe because I picture scrubbing a lemon. Um, Maybe a bit of lime candy, lime zest. Uh, I haven't had a lime candy in a while. Speaking of, 
in Little Women, there was a whole thing with, was it pickled limes? Was it sour? It was some sort of lime treat that Amy always wanted that her, her friends had. What was that? Get at me. Someone remind me and tell me what it is. Um, mm, yeah, uh, it smells delicious. And I know from experience, <laughs> it is. Let's taste it. Ah, mm. uh, mm. rippingly high acid. ABV, I'm going to put it medium. I don't think it's too high. Let me see. Maybe I'm being deceived. Ooh. Huh. Let me put it at 12. Let's see what the bottle says. Oh, I am so wrong. 13.6% alcohol by volume. 0.6, that's very uh, precise of her. I appreciate that, Paula. Sorry, Paula. Do you mind if I call you Paula? I forgot to like listen to the wine. Oh, bottle was like, I'm getting warm. Drink me. Okay, bottle. Mwah. I also forgot to kiss the bottle and my wine glass. And you, dear listener, sm sorry, you didn't want my kisses. You didn't ask for that. I do not mean to harass you. Um, so this is dry. It has actually just barely, if it's over 13.5, it is in fact medium plus alcohol. Oh my God. Watch out, guys. I may get crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Flavor intensity, I'm going to put it medium plus. Flavor complexity, I'm going to put it medium, medium plus, medium plus my, somewhere between those two. Um, it's really so very honeyed um, and so very peachy cane. Mm. I'm going to say, I should also say it is dry. This is a totally dry wine. God, it just so much orange, like, okay, oh, that's what that is. It's honeysuckle and if go buy yourself some... Uh, orange blossom or orange flower water that's you'll find it like with uh like a cocktail store um and if you smell that i like i'd hear people referencing it for tastings and finally i went out and bought it and i was like nope that's exactly what that smell is uh <laughs> that's why people cite it um yeah a bunch of that uh let's see what what other elements are there in here not really getting anything herbal i'm getting a little bit of um minerality like a little mm. Like a stone, but like it's it's got it's not like white pebbles being run over by a river. It's more like the red rocks of um, I don't know if you've ever been to what is it the Badlands? Um, I'm picturing it being rock like that, but it is in fact there's water running over it. So this is a very intriguing landscape that this wine is presenting us with. Ha. Huh. Okay. Um, let's see the finish. I'm probably missing things. Body, flavor, intensity. You don't really care, do you? Probably not. I do want to know what you're drinking, though. I really do. Um, and I do want to know how many people actually, like, crack open a bottle or, like, play this while they're having a drink. And how many people just like to, you know, hear the sonorous tunes of my voice. You know what, guys? I'm having fun with you. I'm having a lot of fun with this episode. Both planning it. Like, I've been so busy because, like, my ghostwriting wine job has, uh, has me working on a monster of a document for about on premiere season in Bordeaux. You want to know what that is, don't you? Probably not. But if you invest in wine, wine stock, you, you would. Um, but anyway, I've been working on that and I've been working on, I'm working on a canned cocktail so, uh, article. So that's different and fun. And, and I have another writing thing come and then I, eh, and then this, and then I, the, my play just closed on Friday. Oh my God, you guys, I really, we might open up some more shows 
and you should consider joining because it's a lot of fun to do and not just because we're drinking you don't even get to well yeah you, you drink as much as you want during the show i'm trying to not get too wild and crazy because you know uh i'm i'm a performer <laughs> although i sit here drinking wine and i guess i'm performing which is why i always feel like i need to look okay to do podcasts like I was feeling okay today, but then I'm like, no, I need to go wash my feet because they don't feel clean. <laughs> and yeah, I can tell, you can tell if my feet are not clean on this podcast. And I need to put on earrings, so I'm wearing very long earrings right now. I'm sorry, you can't see. Maybe I'll take a picture later. Yeah. Mm. Where were we? Let's read the tasting notes that, that uh, the winery gave us. Where did I put them? You guys should see, if anyone thinks I don't put a lot of work into this podcast, you should see, I mean, my desk is already just a, it's a landslide of papers and notes, but um, I make a lot of them for this pod and I like rewrite the agenda over and over and yet still sometimes I stray from it. That was a tangent, guys. That was a tangent. Let's get back to the segment. You know what the segment was until it devolved? Whew. Till it devolved, it was uh, what's in the glass. So I gave you my tasting notes: so much flour and some orange flower water and um, honey and peaches. Let's see what they say. Oh, I said orange blossom. Okay, yeah, let's get this. Opening with a bouquet of peach blossom. You guys, I have never smelled peach blossom. I've smelled peaches. What's a peach blossom? I don't know. And passion fruit on the nose. Shit. I have this list of all these things I'm supposed to like go out and get and smell so I know what they're talking about and I do need to add passion fruit to it and I do need to actually like go to the grocery store and get the stuff on this list. You know what? Um, okay, I'm going to tell you what's on the list after this. Okay, opening with a bouquet of peach blossom and passion fruit on the nose, the wine has a palate full of citrus fruit. That's right. That's what I said. Minerality, lemongrass. Oh, lemongrass. Got to add that to the list too. Um, although I think I know what that smells like. I made a cocktail with it once. And honeydew. In my mind, a worthy tribute to their legacy. She's talking about history. Um, enjoy, exclamation point, is, is what we are told. I am enjoying this. I love Riesling. The weird thing is I'm like, I know so very well how to identify like German Rieslings, but dry Rieslings are always a little harder. I think if I had a blind tasting on this with all the all the florality i probably would aim for that i might be like perhaps there's like well chicken blanc doesn't really have floral notes so much um maybe i'd be like no it's i mean it's not ripping enough to be viognier it's uh, yeah. yeah this can only be one thing it's wrestling <clears throat> i wonder if the bottle has any other tasting notes god that's good you guys okay p harold wines 2019 dry creek valley hate street wrestling by the way, Dry Creek Valley is in Sonoma County. Just in case you were wondering, there you go. So I feel pretty good about my tasting notes. Um, they were similar to the winemakers. So either we both have a terrible palate or we both have a great palate. But being as this wine is delicious, at least our palate knows what's good is what I'll say about that. Oh, I was going to tell you what's on my list. I'm partly doing this for me to remind me that I actually need to go out and procure these things but where does one find rose hips guys that's the first thing on the list i need to smell more often rose hips lemongrass did that fairly recently it's it's a good smell um flowers just flowers in general like i don't know my individual flowers beyond like roses pretty much and orange blossoms mm. 
so pomegranate, passion fruit, lemongrass, dried figs, rhubarb, sandalwood, hibiscus, quince, chamomile tea. I always smell chamomile over and I don't like that kind of tea, but I should smell it more often because I feel like people cite it and I never identify it because I don't consume it much. Hmm. Should always, if you want to be a blind taster, consume a lot of variety and do it with some sort of frequency uh, if you can, if it's a smell or taste you're bad with, or just like smell it. But when I was studying for my tests, I would, whatever, like I did not know. I'm like, what is dill? I know it, but I need to like know it. And like white pepper, I didn't even know what white pepper smelled like. It's very, very, very floral, guys. It's a very unique floral smell. It's different than black pepper. It's different than pink peppercorns. Oh, they're a whole nother story. Let me tell you, they have like nothing to do with pepper also, I think. Like, um, anyway, <laughs> tangent. Should we, I think we should move on because, you know, I mean, granted, I am making really good time today, but I don't want to take too much of your time if I'm not being of service. I just like vigorously like and meditatively swirled my wine. Like I have important things to say. I will reserve the most important things for this podcast for you. Okay. Uh let's go back to the game that is a game. Who, what, when, where, why, wine. Your who is Marchese Inciza Inciza? I N C I S A. Somebody who who speaks Italian, help me out here. Della Rochetta. Rochetta? Rochetta? Rocket? Rocket Man? I don't know. Um, your <clears throat> what is new French oak of the petite size? <laughs> your win is 1944. That's right. 1944. Oh my. What a year. What a year. Am I glad I wasn't there for it? Probably. I feel like it. Yeah. I. I well, I don't know. Based on... <laughs> Based on this year, no, I mean, between 1944 and this year, there's probably been some pretty bad years, although none quite like this. Nah. No. <laughs> no, but you know what? I'm. The cool thing about what we're all going through is that we're all going through it. Um, and hopefully people do the right thing and stay inside so that we all survive it. Um, but this is like a moment in history that we are all going to share. And when it's like, oh, I, what were you during, doing during the, during the pandemic of 2020? Which hopefully doesn't turn into the pandemic of uh, the 20s, the 2020s, <sighs> the 20s squared. Oh, should that, is that, because if you say the 20s, people still think of the roaring 20s. Um, should this decade be called the 20s squared? I don't know. You tell me. I think it's kind of cute. <laughs> and if you can't have a cute name for your decade, what else are you going to have? Pizza. That's what. I ate pizza last night. It was really good, guys. I mean, maybe just because I almost never eat pizza. So <laughs> when I eat pizza, I'm like, this is so good. No, I've had bad pizza. Wow, I'm just, I'm making up for the time I saved earlier or that I got through by being like extra tangent heavy here. Uh... So yeah, you have uh, we've now gone through our who, what, and our win for the game that is game. So now it's time to move on to this week's just add wine, which before it's been it's been like a an activity. Which oh, one of them was baseball, and you guys, 
I, I went to Crawford's because they have little tables on their sidewalk, tiny, small. But when I went inside, because you go and you order through your little wine window, more like a beer window, that's mostly what they have, the plexiglass. And I was like, I've missed this home. I This place feels like home. I miss hanging out at the bar here. But I, yeah, wait. Oh, but they had the Dodgers game uh, on the TV that I could check out when I went in to order. So I was like, oh, just add wine to Dodgers games. I can't wait to do it again. And of course, Cardinals games, because I'm a St. Louis girl. See, tangent, fuck. Just add wine is generally activities, but this is um, this is like a life philosophy. So I have recently come to realize just how much in my life I um, embrace slash embody slash um, utilize, that's the word I'm looking for, utilize purposeful asymmetry. I mean, part of it was that I was always losing earrings, um, so I had a lot of singles, and then I'm like, it looks really fucking cool to uh, wear two different earrings. <laughs> Why not? Um, and then, like, I was getting my hair cut, I'm like, you know what? I want my hair to be messy and asymmetrical. Let's make one side a lot shorter than the other. Yeah. Love it. It was like, oh, I'm reborn, and this is my haircut. I sometimes paint my nails like on one hand it'll be well I guess it ends up being every other finger if you go totally from left to right or right to left from hand to hand um alternating colors but it makes it means like one thumb is red and one is black one is red or my one pointy finger is red and the other is black um like ugh, I should take a picture um anyway uh, and you know, I have an affinity for like jester inspired <laughs> tights and hats, asymmetry guys. Um, so then I was thinking, well, I was thinking about that and I was thinking, cause I just like to give you my random life musings, but I was like, oh, how does that apply to wine? Because in wine, we are always talking about balance. We want every element to be in balance. We want the sugar to be balanced with the acid. We want the alcohol to be balanced with... I'm not sure exactly what you balance alcohol with, but it's surely not like... Well, that even... I, I guess you could think about wine and food pairing. Like, can you have some asymmetry? You can, actually, because like... Yeah, like spicy food versus sweet wine. Like, they kind of go together. So, but then I was thinking, okay, balance. What is balance... It is to have things be equal on all sides. And so I was picturing a person on a tightrope, not that a tightrope is not the most like overused metaphor um, in a lot of wines, like this is wine walking a tightrope. And I'm like, how many people have actually walked a tightrope? Because I have, and this wine, oh, I think I talked about that already. I'll shut up. Um, anyway, so I was picturing a tightrope walker and normally you see them with like that pole that's the same on either side and then I was picturing okay what if you have different weights uh, or you have weights on either end of, of the pole and they look different but they balance each other out in weight then you would have asymmetry but your tightrope walker would still be balanced uh, so I don't know if I like came to embrace this because uh, uh, purposeful asymmetry because my face is asymmetrical like i've got a big old scar on my chin from my youth it's a very tragic event i won't go into it now um i one eyebrow is a little higher than the other i've spent way too much time thinking about this or maybe i embrace it because i lose things or maybe i embrace it because i'm a fucking messy person and i'm not good at symmetry 
But the thing is, I don't think life is always symmetrical. And um, I think that embracing asymmetry, a asymmetry is um, not a bad thing. And I choose to go the extra step and like sometimes uh, lean into it and make my asymmetry purposeful. But how does this apply to wine? Fuck. So I'm trying to think of like, like this Riesling has rippingly high acid. And that is one of the things that makes it work when it's a, a, a more sweet Riesling. So I was like, what is it that balances this super high acidity? Is it... Is it the ripeness of the fruit? This does, this does have a really silky body. I'm like, this might have like a tiny, tiny, like less than a hint, like not even a hint. Like you're, you'd have to be a super detective. You're like, there's some residual sugar here, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't done a lab analysis um, and they do not have that many details on the website. Um, but then I was like, okay, what about when the tannins are really high? When that's, but I guess that's more... I guess the balance of wine is a balance of a lot of elements. And so some can be thrown into strong relief and others can be can recede, but there needs to be like at least at least a couple things to balance each other out. Because if it's like all sweet, then that's all you register. If it's all tannins, then you're just like, my mouth is stuck to dry. I don't know what happened to me. If it's all acid, well, <laughs> I'm an acid head. Uh, I have no acid receptors. Uh, that's probably part of the reason I love wines like Riesling, Chenin Blanc, etc., etc. Um, hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. So, I think you can be balanced in life and asymmetrical. Um, maybe that goes with my, like, philosophy that there should be moderation in everything, including moderation. Uh, does it go with that? I'm not sure. Um, also, then I was like, oh, they always say, like, the most beautiful faces on earth are the ones that are symmetrical. And then they're like, oh, but it's okay to have like a, a beauty flaw, like a tooth gap a flaw, quote unquote. But I'm like, that's still symmetrical. But I'm like, oh, okay, but sometimes people like a person's mole. They're like, that mole's cute. That makes them asymmetrical. All that I'm saying is uh, look for your quirks, embrace them, love them, live them. And, uh, you know, whatever wine you like, you like. Hopefully it's balanced, but it can be balanced and asymmetrical. I say as I learn how to produce a wine that uh, comes out of the bottle like a like a swirl cone, like half of it's red and half of it's white, and it swirls. And you're, I don't know why I just thought of that. I was picturing like an ice cream machine and like chocolate vanilla swirl coming out. And I was picturing wine coming out like that in the glass. <gasps> Actually, in my mind, it was half rosé and half white. If I can do that, guys, I probably would. Someone good with technology and wine and flavor um, that I can, yeah, get at me. Let's work. Maybe this is more like a wine-based confection, kind of like <laughs> Jelly Belly. Is it Jelly Belly? Someone makes uh, like champagne jelly beans. They taste nothing like champagne. But they were really fun to give out at the uh, San Diego uh, Wine and Food uh, Festival when I was there with Delectable. Tangents, let's go back to our game before I start singing like a very bad lounge singer. Uh -huh. That was really dumb. Don't listen to me. Oh my god. This is obviously 13.6% alcohol. Because <laughs> uh, I haven't finished my glass. Oh god. But I'm going to drink some more because it's really yummy. Guys, P. Harrell Wines. Find it. 
go buy it. It's really good. Um, I have the rosé waiting for me to try too. I'm not going to do it tonight, but now I kind of want to try all their wines. Also, I love the homage to um, family in the streets of San Francisco. Maybe I should name mine after the streets of University City, which is where I grew up in St. Louis. So there'd be like Colgate Street, <laughs> Colgate wine, that'd be the mint flavored one. Um, there'd be Purdue wine. There'd be Stanford wine. If you haven't guessed University City, um, uh, there's many university named streets. And it's also right by Washington University and Fontbonne. Um, okay, let's go on with the game. <clears throat> Because, I mean, we're merely at 36 minutes, but who has the time these days? A lot of you do. But who has the time these days? Um, the who is Marchese Incisa, Incisa. I don't know how to speak Italian, guys. I need to study because I want to go there. Um, Marchese Incisa della Rochetta. Rochetta, Rochetta. Um, your what is petite. Well, let's call them diminutive new French oak barrels. <laughs> Your win is a 1944. Your where? <sighs> okay, brace, brace yourself. Bear with me. Castiglioncello, C A S T I G L I O N, cello, C E L L O, Castiglioncello. I think that's how you say it. I don't think it's Castiglion. I think this is like a, a, a gnocchi moment where like it turns into Castiglion. I don't know. <sighs> okay. Your what? Okay. Marchese and Cesar della Rochetta is the who. You know, charmingly uh, junior-sized new French oak. What? Uh, 1944 is when? Where is Castiglioncello? I'm so sorry, guys. Your why is fuck the man, uh, but also like a little like get the man to respect me and let me have a title. Uh, before I tell you what your precise wine is, oh yeah, I should have told you it's a very. I mean, it could sort of be a category. I mean, it is part of a category, but I wanted I wanted the original. I wanted the original of the category. Um, and you know, if, if you enjoy this, if you like me, if you're just like. A really cool person and you have some time like uh, just give me five stars on on itunes leave me a review say hi to me on instagram ellen uh, at ellen clifford also at the wine situation call me l or call me ellen i'll take you there that had nothing to do with that should we get to uh what the specific wine is if you hadn't guessed the general category and this wine is in is a, a super tuscan but it was the original super tuscan it was sasakaya or is it sasaya oh no it is i think it is sasayaya because okay <clears throat> so what happened is um marchese and Cisa della rochetta rochetta whatever um he in 1944 planted some Cabernet Sauvignon in Italy. Um, he wanted those, you know, Bordeaux-inspired wines. And the thing is, to be a DOC or a DOCG wine, there's various... This is, sorry, this is really complicated. So in Italy, there's um, different categories of wine that generally kind of... They either indicate, like, how strict the rules are for making the wine so that you when you know, like, past, uh, past who would win or why wine... Um, was Brunello di Montalcino, and it's like there's a million rules 
of what grape variety, how much you're making, how you're making it, what barrels you use, if you're going to make uh, make that. Wait, did I say Brunello di Montalcino or did I say Vino Nubile di Montepulciano? I, I, I think it was the one. Anyway, um, so, but that's like the most prestigious is to be a DOC or a DOCG. Um, and then now it's IGT, um, Indicacion Geographic. So it's something, but it's like a, just a slightly lower level. Um, and then I think there's just now Vino. But anyway, um, in that time in Tuscany, if you wanted to like have a DOC title um, in the area they were, you had to be making your wines with like mostly Sangiovese. Um, it, it has to have like Italian grapes. But the people who start so... Um, good old Marchese, he's like, I want a cab-based wine. And then he started making this really good wine. And then he's like, I don't want to age it in big barrels like uh, the typical ones do. I want to age it in new French oak, um, like they do in uh, Bordeaux. Uh, and then his he had like nephews that were um, uh, the Antonori's. Um, one of them is an Antonori. What's the name of it? Uh, they're like, oh, hey, think about, well, originally I think he actually planted, made it more with Cabernet Franc, possibly, but he had other nephews who like were like, oh, uh, try. Also, he was doing this because I should tell you that Sasakaya, I think it's Sasakaya, um, Sasachaya, I gotta ask him. I think it's Sasachaya. Um, the name comes from Saso, which means rock, and Aya, it says um, the AIA part of it is used like the letter Y, um, aka Sasakaya translates to rocky place. And the thing with Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc in Bordeaux is they are famous for, you know, they grow well on uh, rocky soils, which this place, um, which is now, well, so the, so they finally gave it a DOC because these people started making extraordinary wines, but they're only allowed to call it Vino de Tavola. Do you know what that translates to? Table wine. It's just a wine to have on the table. I'm like, well, eh, whatever. But they're making these extraordinary wines. Now they're some of like the highest priced wines in the world. And the man was like, you can't give it a fancy title because you're not using Italian grapes in our winemaking ways. And they're like, this is good wine. Come on, man. Um, and eventually they finally got a DOC and now also even, um, there's a sub region of, uh, of, uh, Bulgaria, the, which is where this was with, with the, with the rocky places, um, called, uh, Bulgari Sasakaya. So that's how much respect they get now. Um, and then, so people start also like it spawns sort of a lot of other people got inspired. This one guy really wine and people it's amazing. So other people are like, we're going to make wine with Merlot. And then came along like Ornelia and um, Solaya, uh, so many us. Um, so, and Misetto, um, which I think is 100% Merlot. So all these people making really good wine with non-Italian grapes. And I think it was like, people were like, okay, we can use these grapes in Italy. They're going to be their own thing. Still Italy, but like, this is really good wine, and we got to give it more respect than table wine. Come on, this is not Vino de Tavola. This is DOC or DOCG. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm also realizing that my sign of the wine times was also from Tuscany, which is obviously where... Oh, and I guess they called them super Tuscans because they were amazing uh, Tuscan wines, but they were not even allowed to like call them uh, Tuscan on the label because they're like, it's not emblematic of what Tuscany is. 
<sighs> that was a lot. I hope this episode wasn't too much for you. I'm Now we're at like 45 minutes, so this is like a normal-sized episode. And like the more, um, the less cold this wine gets, the more I'm like really tasting lime candy on this. I need to taste some uh, Australian Riesling soon because apparently that, well, <laughs> I say apparently like I've never had it. I've had it a lot. I never identify it, um, but it gets like a lime candy thing on this. And this is California Riesling, which I also don't drink a lot of because I like German Riesling a lot. I also like Australian Riesling a lot. Um, and maybe you just don't see the others enough. I don't know, guys. Or if you do, it's sweet Riesling and not good for the U.S. I'm gonna... I probably shouldn't say that. I just... Yeah, anyway. I taste so much wine. Sometimes I keep track of how many wines I taste in a week. And, like, granted, right now, there aren't a lot of big tasting events or classes. But it's like, it can be in the hundreds. And average, it's probably at least 20 that I taste a week. Um, which is, like, nothing, really. Um... But anyway, I taste a lot of wine, and still there will be things I'm like, I don't taste that enough. My gosh. Except in, I get ready, I'm probably going to have a lot of sparklers on this, because my next test is sparkling wine, so I'm just trying to practice already. Oh, goodness. What can I leave you with? If you haven't tuned me out by now, you're probably just like, okay, we're done. Time to go, I don't know, watch. Ah, is there anything, like, new coming out even? I don't know. What can I leave you with? Uh don't be around a lot of people I have like one person who's my person I hang out with um may go visit my parents but they have like a rather giant house so we could all be at least six feet away from each other at all times there easily um what else uh yeah because I mean the wine windows super cute you know what else is cute jaundice and that's not healthy <laughs> i don't know no jaundice is i don't think it's super cute i don't know i was trying to think of something that's like oh yeah i mean a lot of people thought heroin chic was cute and it was like people dying that were drug addicts models dying that were drug addicts so um yeah let's all be good let's um all drink what we enjoy let's all Try and keep an open mind and uh, listen to our fellow human beings, human beings and, um, you know, read. Take the world in as much as you can. Uh, what else can I give you? Listen to Nine Chanels. Alexa, resume. She forgot. Oh! Shit, no, there she is. You guys, this has been the wine situation. I'm off to have a dance party with myself. You should do the same. Cheers. Glass. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with IPA. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with Minute Maid. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with Coffee Maid. I just drink wine. Give me red, white, or say, Don't test me, motherfucker. I'm a sommelier. Been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.